Welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of the Shane. No, this is the wrong show, not the Shane cast. Welcome to the latest episode of The Late Hour, uh, which is a completely different show. Um, yeah, see, show, it shows you how often we've actually done anything. So, uh, this is, of course, a show that I do here with Dave. Uh, hello, Dave. Yo. And what we have been doing for the past couple of years, we've been actually going through books and talking about stuff that we either uh, recognize, like, or uh, learn from uh, in these different books. And we've uh, a lot of the books, of course, are having to do with philosophy uh, and uh, all kinds of things like that. Basically, you know, the stuff that you like to talk about late at night, hence the name of the show. And uh, the latest book we've been tackling has been uh, something that we've, uh, I don't know, tried to get to more often than not, but that's okay because Dave's schedule sucks. It's all his fault, of course. It's never my fault. Um, but essentially, uh, we've been talking about Jordan Peterson's uh, book, The Twelve Rules for Life, A Companion Against Chaos. Is that the actual title? <laughs> an uh, so, something chaos? like that. An antidote, not an, uh, an antidote to chaos. I, not I not a. That. Right. <laughs> Although that, that gives the book a completely different feeling if you're saying it's the uh, companion of chaos. Yes. Like, Let's cause chaos. Let's like live it. with chaos. <laughs> um, and if you've been listening to the show at all, uh, we apologize for not posting it all that often, but that's basically because we have busy lives and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Dave likes to sleep a lot, I guess. <sighs> Whatever. But the uh, last chapter we were doing uh, was chapter... Sorry, I keep calling them chapters, but they're really about they're really rules for life. They're not chapters for life. Well, they're, they're, uh, okay, sure. Rules broken in chapters. Yeah, well, that's exactly. So uh, the third rule um, is an important rule that I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but essentially it's making friends with yourself, really, and also making friends with people that actually uh, have your best interest at heart. I think the title is Make Friends with People Who Want the Best for You. Uh, which is actually really good advice in any situation. Um, and I quite honestly have made that uh, inadvertently, not not because of this book, but because uh, that tends to be my operas. Uh, what is it? Operas operandi? No, but whatever. Anyway, operandi. modus. Thank you. Modus operandi. We're basically um, I've had to make hard decisions in life uh, where I've had to uh, tell people to basically bugger off. Um you know, because of whatever, whatever the reason is, it's kind of irrelevant ultimately, but um, you know, they're not working in, in life and they're not, uh, they don't like to play with you. They like to play uh, with you, but include you in some way that's really to their own benefit somehow. Um, they don't like to give, not very giving. That's actually probably a better way to, if, if you're not a very giving person, then uh, you know, I think I don't, get along that well with those types of people if they're very self-interested so i whoa um jeez uh, sorry i had audio suddenly playing from somewhere else what's going on uh i was just suddenly playing episode three because i clicked on it i guess anyway um computers that's Woo. a long-winded way of saying we're on a chapter that's not the chapter I'm talking about. Uh, this is chapter four, um, which again, a lot of these sort of ideas are, you think you kind of recognize them because it's something that you will recognize as, oh, that's great advice that I've heard a hundred million times. 
but this particular uh, rule uh, is called uh, rule four, compare yourself to who you were uh, yesterday, not to who someone else is today. So to this, and this is actually, this threw me when I was reading it because I thought I'd read it in a way that I was thinking, uh, compare yourself um, with yourself like yesterday. Like anyway, compare yourself. So to be clear, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. So that's really important. I think when reading through this chapter, Um, what did you think so let me let me let me let me shut up and dave what did you now i know that you just been rereading this chapter because it has been since like october of last year when we last recorded so what did you review uh prior to this chapter and what did you think about this particular chapter uh, to start off yeah well for starters i'm really glad i reread it because oh my god um it's a big chapter I don't know if this is the biggest or whatever, or if they're all like this, and I just couldn't remember that fact. But <laughs> I think chapter three was was reasonably short, um, right. or was it two? One of the two. But basically, yeah, they've been all about this this length. But there was one that was really uh, self evident. I think it didn't require yeah. a lot of pages. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this while I was rereading it, and for whatever reason, it struck me as. I've got to mention this, but I'm kind of curious about what some of the reviews might be of this book, like say on Goodreads, right? Seeing what people are thinking, like I'm not talking about, you know, a peer review or something like that, which would be interesting to read too in in ways, but I'm more curious about how is this being received by, um, people just people because it it is so dense i don't know if you're finding that too um what do you mean well there's a a shit ton in any of the chapters i mean you can tell when you read that or at least i would hope you could tell um I mean, not not you specifically, because I know you you can, because you are widely read and a very intelligent gentleman. But in general, what would people take from from this? Um, because there there's a lot of depth. There's a lot underneath what he's actually saying. I mean, he's a he's a really smart guy. That's obvious, and. He has read and studied a ton. And I don't know if you necessarily pick that up. Um, But that's, I guess, maybe part of what I'm saying makes it so dense is he's trying to get a lot across. And it's interesting that it's actually physically dense too. Um, Right? Because the font is actually fairly small. I at least I think I'm reading it digitally, so I don't know exactly what the book would be like, but, and it's fairly, uh, it's compact and um, there's just on, on every page, there's a lot, you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of a density as well, like physically. Um, 
it's like he's uh, oh my god i've got so much i want to get across and this is kind of the best i could compress it without you know tossing out the the real meat you know like it, he pared it down as much as he felt he could um in order to get it across so um that i guess was one of the things that i was um thinking about and how 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 would people react to this because it is dense and this chapter um he does talk about some stuff that people wouldn't generally react to favorably either um like i'm trying to remember exactly what uh some of the bits are um that I that I was struck by. Um, let's see here. <laughs> I like. There's this one thing here um, near the beginning, where he talks about um, the classic. I guess the kind of stuff that he'd be faced with in his own university classes if if he teaches hundred level type classes where you get get these kids that are you know get into this kind of nihilistic frame you know where nothing has meaning and what's what's worth bothering doing and um what uh what does he say here um right he talks about being critical of yourself and um just allowing that chatter to to shut you down and he does call it chatter um and, and talking too about various time frames right so um there will always be people better than you that's a cliche of nihilism like the phrase in a million years who's going to know the difference the proper response to that statement is not well then everything is meaningless it's any idiot can choose a frame of time within which nothing matters and I, I thought that was, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> that, that's funny. That's actually really funny because one that of is the funny. phrases it's, that I yeah. repeat over right? and over again to myself is a hundred in a hundred years, who's going to care? And uh, to any situation where I'm, I, I usually say it when I'm stressed out about something right. and I know that I just have to get down to doing it, uh, whatever it might be, or, or like, uh, like uh, over the past like three weeks, I've been having trouble with mice getting into our home. Um, oh, and they've been, uh, for some reason, like we've never had huge mice troubles before. Uh, you know, we had, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, we had a couple of mice running around and we chased them out. I blocked up all the holes and that was kind of the solve. But over, over the last few weeks, it's been a bit of a pain. And I know that the beginning, when I first was encountering them and realizing that they had, you know, dug through certain parts of the wall and that kind of stuff and, and whatnot. Um, I really didn't want to deal with it. I'm like, I, I just wish these mice would be gone. Like what the hell? Like mm -hmm. they're wrecking my wall. I'm having to fix the wall. They wreck it again. Uh, you know, I, I steal wool coming out of my butthole now, um, you know, and I, I'm doing all this stuff. But then there's times where I, I got to a certain point where the, 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 I would be sitting there. I'd be feeling very comfortable. You know, I'd spent like the last week making sure that, Holes are plugged and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, and then I'd see one run across the floor. And I'm like, you know why? 
why? You know, I, right. I, 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 I just kind of gave up and I, and I, and I could definitely hear that internal critic going, the fuck's wrong with you, man. Just get up there and fucking like get a flamethrower and just set fire to their home and be done with it. And then you'll be fixed. And then it'll really be fixed. Um, but definitely there is, there are those moments of, of, uh, you know, just kind of going, you know what, in a hundred years is going to care because I find my saying that to myself kind of allows myself that latitude to go, how important is this thing? How important is it? And, and, and should I be really depressed about this or really angry about this? Or should I just go, you know what? I, I, I will solve this problem. The mice will be gone. The home will be secure. And, you know, you're doing everything correctly as correctly as anyone can. And, uh, you know, and so, um, you know, like, like the passenger pointing out in a million years, who's going to know the difference? Um, everything is, everything is not meaningless. You know, it's, it's not, it's not just get up and do it and solve the, you know, just don't sit around and just let, you know, life wash over you in that sort of negative way. You know, if you want it to wash over you, then do that in a positive way. Uh, anyway. That's right. I, I just and that's and there. that's totally that's totally true, right? Like, you you do make a good point that that's not it's not necessarily a bad thing to kind of think, okay, what's going to matter in a, in a million years type of thing. But he's pointing at the negative aspect of it instead of using it as a way to get a bit of perspective, which is what you were doing. Which that's that's exactly the best way to describe it because I'm trying yeah. to I use that that sort of key phrase to it's kind of like actually it, I kind of uh changed up that sort of the, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kind of thing, where if you're feeling stressed or confused or you're trying to sort something out in your mind and you and you're having a real uh problem with it, um what I did uh, initially was to do that because, um, or sorry, I, to do that, to the, that I'm referring to is, is I would actually pause, you know, I would actually try to stop my runaway brain, um, to, by just simply counting and counting down from 10, like, okay, 10, nine. And it sort of gives your brain that a sort of, a, the, that sort of moment to pause. And, and hopefully the goal is that your brain kind of goes, Oh, Okay, you know what? Actually, this is not not as not as we shouldn't be as freaked out as we are at the moment. There's 20 things that we, that uh, that you need to do, and here are the 10 that you need to do immediately, and here are the 10 you can do later. Um, and that's and I sort of replaced that countdown with in a hundred years, who's really going to care? Uh, which I of course bought, or, uh, sorry, borrowed, bought, borrowed from the film uh, The Terminator. Uh, you know, which uh, every yeah, every good yeah. thing in, in the in the in the film and movies. Uh, anyway, sorry, keep going. I keep yeah, interrupting yeah. you. No, it's a conversation, dude. It's all good. Absolutely. Um. And yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's perspective taking, and he does. That's a big part of this chapter, isn't it? Exactly what you're talking about is is he's saying that um and he he talks about it not just sort of in terms of analogy and metaphor but um he brings it down to our the physical eyeballs 
which is a really neat little piece um, I, that I, well, I forgot the whole chapter because there's so much in there, but um, he, he talks about how in focusing on a thing, whether it's positive or, or negative, we generally inadvertently without a conscious understanding because hey most of us don't geek out on this kind of stuff um but we we cut out what he argues is a shit ton of the world of reality and um so having that ability to shift focus it's really I, I think from what i'm getting from what he's saying he would say it's critical actually learning learning to do that learn to do the kind of thing that you do for yourself where you used to count down from 10 now you've changed up with that phrase um whatever you know whatever tool happens to help you take that step back and gain some perspective is what he's saying is really important. He's not saying you don't want to focus. That's natural. It's what we do. And yet at the same time, if you don't have the ability to grab some perspective, you make your life a lot more difficult and shitty <laughs> than it needs to be, I think is his point. Um, if, if you're hyper-focused on... His example was, I want the boss's job. And um, so he points out, well, is it really going to work out for you? You know, um, maybe the boss is great and he does an, an amazing job at, at that position. And, you know, we're talking maybe forever <laughs> that he's going to be there at least, you know, relatively in job terms. Um, so it's just not a real realistic option that you would pin your, your plans, your hopes on getting that particular job is his point because, well, it just realistically is not going to happen. Not, not in a reasonable time frame, And, um, in the meantime, which is what he was arguing, is that you're you're building resentment, you're you're building um, just negative mental states in yourself over the fact that you don't have this job. And so he's saying is what what you got to do is you got to look at that and sit down and have a chat with yourself about well, okay what's going on here and recognize first starters that it's unrealistic that, you know, you're going to pin everything on getting this boss's job in particular. But what he's saying is that you come to that realization that a for starters, it's a bit, you know, it's, it's unhelpful to do that. But what he says is helpful is get that perspective and, sit down with yourself and say, all right, what's really going on here? What, what do I want? Why do I want what I want?
And so you un, unpin your, your happiness from this particular job that you're looking at, that you're focusing on and you're expanding your perspective a little to be able to explore, okay, well, why do I want this? Where else am I going to find what it is I want? And um, what I kind of leapt ahead of myself, but he talks about physically in our eyes, um, he said there's actually very little that is, uh, I, if I remember right, it was a foveal vision, um, which is what we use to focus. And it is a very small part of the eyeball, in fact. He said uh, most of it, and I, I don't think he says percentages, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he said the majority of the eye is more peripheral. And yeah. so if we're focused, we we don't see that other stuff. And he mentions um, a couple of studies done uh, way back. I'm not sure exactly uh, when. I don't think he mentions a time. Um, but he talks about, uh, I think the most startling example was the uh, two teams of three playing just this real simple sort of a, a game with a ball. He doesn't really describe details, but um, where they're they're passing um, this ball amongst themselves, and um, they're told in the initial run of the experiment to pay attention to how many throws they see happen. And he said that was all to the good. Most people, you know, got got the answer correct. They they were able to pick up the the count, I guess, fairly easily. But then he said that that wasn't at all the interesting bit. The interesting bit was that um, at one point during the video that people were watching as the experiments, this was you know these people had been captured on video, and that's what the uh, the subjects of the experiment were doing was watching the video, initially told to count the throws. The second run, um, they were told to forget about watching the count and I, I think see see what else they would notice. And I think even then there was a fair number of people that didn't catch it, but it was much more obvious that there was this dude dressed up as a gorilla would jump into the frame for several seconds and beat his chest and then disappear again. <laughs> And apparently in the initial run, the majority of people watching were not catching this. They literally were not seeing this weirdness happen. The right gorilla. In front of they them. missed the gorilla. <laughs> totally. And I think more and more we recognize now that this is something that we need to be aware of, you know, or uh, what did he call it? Attentional blindness or whatever. I can't remember exactly, but um, 
yeah, he just points out that this is, you know, something that at least is well worth being aware of that this happens. And again, I think that ability to change your perspective, to widen your perspective, um, is, is kind of critical to living a better life, whatever better means. It's not, you know, and he never argues that better means X. Um, in fact, at the beginning of the chapter, th this is his whole point, you know, don't compare yourself to who somebody else is today. Compare yourself to you were yesterday. And that that is his point. It's not it's not about anybody else. It's about you. It's never been about anybody else. And so you just have to decide, you know, what kind of coolness do you want to get up to with your life? And, and it's that simple. And yeah, it's simple, but it's not easy. And he makes a point that this is not an easy road necessarily. But he does argue that it is much more worthwhile to do. Uh, a, a kind of a, a cooler way to live, you know. Um, and I guess I'm getting more into that. Particularly, I'm noticing over the last, I don't know what, year? Which is ridiculous considering my age, but there we are. <laughs> but I guess it just... Okay, that that's not that's not quite true. I've always kind of had this frame of mind. It's just not been well articulated. Let's put it that way. Where for for a long time, I've I've been more interested in possibility and potential, and you know, doing my own life. You know what I mean? Not not just following you know, go be a lawyer, go be a doctor. Um, not that I ever wanted to anyways, and not that there's anything wrong with doing those things, because, hey, very definitely valid jobs, but just was never me. And so I, I've always very definitely been into, you know, what what's me? What's my path? Um, what's my life look like? What, what do I want to get up to? And... I think in this chapter, that's definitely what Peterson is saying is you got to dig into that because that's, that's where your life is. That's where the coolness is. That's where the juice is, the fun, you know, and the happiness, right? That's where you enjoy yourself is when you're allowing yourself to engage in those things that grab you. And it's not, I don't think it's necessarily something that's earth shattering to start with. Depends on the person, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure there's people that were like, just one day it was like this massive light went on and, you know, a hundred Klieg lights just bang, 
and it couldn't have been more obvious. And from that day on, nothing was ever the same. I think for most yeah. of us, it's more like a little light comes on and it's like, oh, hey, you know what? That's pretty cool. I'm going there. And you just start making these small steps toward what it is that grabs you. And I guess kind of working the analogy a bit more, you get a little more light happening, you know, each each kind of week and, and month as, as you do this, as you walk through your life this way. And um, I mean, maybe not a ton, but you, I guess maybe a better way of putting it is you kind of trust that these little lights that come on are where you should be going for yourself. Yeah. Right. You're not, you're not comparing yourself anymore to where your, your buddy John is or, or um, anything like that. And, you know, you even find a way to be happy for them, even if they're, you know, um, like a millionaire and you're still trying to figure your stuff out. I don't know if there's a lot of friendships like that. Hey, I'm not going to claim to know a whole ton of people, but I'm sure it's a thing, you know, but yeah, it's, that, that's his point is to let that go, even find grace. I don't know. I'm not sure. Can't think of the word right now, but just being, being happy for the other person's success. Yeah. And by extension, being grateful for what you have already. And I think he talks about that a little bit. I don't know if it's in this chapter. Um, uh, do you remember if he I says anything about grateful? I think uh, not. In this chapter? I I'd have to dig in through the chapter again, but I don't think so. Um, not specifically, anyway. Yeah, okay. I seem to recall something about it, but it's probably in previous chapters where where he does mention that kind of stuff. Um, Find it here. See it. So I don't see I'm anything going to shut specifically. Because <laughs> I sound like me. I'm going to shut up now for minutes on end. Well, I mean, ultimately, uh, the this whole chapter really, in, in my mind, just like what you were saying, uh, is um, what you aim at is what you what uh, what you aim at determines what you see, like the eye thing. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to find that passage, but. Um, but essentially, um, I guess on a whole, basically, the entire chapter is talking about um, instead of allowing, I mean, I'm, I'm simplifying a bit, but essentially uh, harnessing the power of the internal critic, like your self-criticism, mm. um, and turn it into a superpower where you can uh, basically uh say to it that hey by the way 
um, you know, I've said some pretty negative crap about myself or whatever it might be. Um, but then if you pay attention hard enough, you can actually listen to what your internal critic is saying, being able to dismiss what is garbage. Um, but also, uh, recognizing that, um, that there's always room for improvement. There's always something you can learn that's new. There's stuff that you can do that's you've never done before. Um, I mean, one of my, I guess uh, for me, a pet peeve, um, is, you know, I have friends who I think are really cool, but I definitely can watch them, uh, not take chances or not do things because of some thing that they either believe, uh, I mean, I'm actually hearing it a few times of late, uh, say in the last few years where I've heard friends of mine say things like, oh, they can't do that because they're getting too old. And I'm like, I beg your, sorry, what? Like, what do you mean you're too old? You're in your forties. What the hell? Um, of course you could do that thing. And until you try that thing, I will hound you until you do that thing, you know, at least a couple of times, because there's no way that we, anyone can know anything about anything, uh, without having tried it already. Um, you can read as much as you want. You can watch videos on YouTube to see what it is to recognize right away. You're like, nah, it's not really my thing. So that's acceptable. That's, that's not something I actually have any inkling to try. Um, and that, I think that's a healthy thing because, uh, you know, it's, it's like that, that old phrase, you know, the, uh, you know, if, if, if your best friend jumped off a bridge, would you do it too? Um, you know, that kind of thing, uh, you know, because of that whole influence. Right. But basically, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have that ability to be able to dismiss stuff that your internal critic says uh, in order to try something new because you always we're, n- we're never f- I mean, one of the ways I think about this sort of, like about this as well is we are not f- I know that when I get to my final moment on this planet I'm hoping I'll be a hundred and million years old but, you know, um because I know that I would be laying there and be like, oh, you know, I've done a lot of cool things. I've known a lot of really cool people and I, and I hope that I've done as well as I can, but ah, shit, I didn't do that fucking thing. I really wanted to do, you know, last two years ago and ah, I didn't do it. And I know that I'll probably just do that to myself. And, uh, I, I had actually, I, I had a dream the other day, not a dream and imagine a daydream about, uh, about my final moments where I'd, I'd be one of those people going, it's okay, everyone. I'm going to a better place. Ah. <laughs> and like holding it for as long as I can. Ah, just kidding. Ah, fuck you guys. Um, <laughs> and dying like 10 times before I actually do expire. Um, I could tell anyway, complete, complete nonsense. But anyway, um, the, what I'm trying to dig at is, is um, you don't, you, 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 you won't be able to, uh, know that you've completed everything that you've ever wanted to do uh, or done as much as you can, because I don't, I, I don't want to expire feeling that I'm incomplete, that I, I don't want to feel like there are things that I should have done or that I, you know, I, I don't want to sit there going, Oh, but the thing, I really have to do that before I go, you know, ultimately um, there's going to be uh, that level of, of completeness that, people i hope get to um but in the context of this chapter 
Uh, the only way you could do that is is to remember that you're not a finished product. That you are. We are developing creatures, uh, psyches, uh, physicality, whatever it might be, and we are going to keep going forward. And if you decide, it, it's it's actually a really good way to put it is like, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, or sorry, what's her name now? Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, um, hmm. whose name prior to Caitlyn Jenner was. Uh, Bruce Jenner. So uh, Bruce Jenner, when when Caitlin was Bruce back in the day, um, had basically done everything that that at the time he had wanted to do. And there's a quote somewhere out there, where I, and I know it was in the newspapers once in a while. But essentially, that whole idea that okay, I've, I've climbed the mountain here, I'm at the peak, I've done like the Olympics, uh, the professional, whatever the, the the stuff and all the the track and field things that, that they wanted to do. And they were, and he, and he was sad later on because after you got to the peak, what's next. And, and I remember back that, you know, back then about him being interviewed about how uh, it took him some time to realize, but there's another peak. There's that mountain over there that I need to go up and, you know, whatever that might be. And I mean, I'll, I'll, moving from Bruce to Caitlyn Jenner, maybe that was the next, another peak that, that, that uh, she needed to climb like that. I have decided that this body that I'm in is somehow wrong or whatever the, 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 that start, however that started. Um, and I need to live my life as a woman now. Um, you know, that is another peak to get over. And then once you're getting past that, then there's another one, then there's another one. So there's all these things that we can do. And, and, going back to my whole thing about having a pet peeve about it, the pet peeve comes from myself where I know that uh, there's something else I need to learn. And I know that when I stop learning or when I stop trying to learn something or do something different, um, that I become grumpy. Like I become just the, you know, life sucks. And I don't like that about myself. And so one of those tools that I, I've, I've done is, is to try to remember that there's always going to be another peak. And I mean, it could be, you know, uh, I, I found a peanut butter. I found a new peanut butter that I like better than the other one because the other one I keep having it. I hate it for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, never actually going, oh, I'll try that new thing. You know, well, that thing over there. Or maybe I like almond butter or something else better, you know, or whatever it might be. But. But then I see it in other people about, you know, that they don't want to learn something new for whatever reason. It's irrelevant why, but it irks me that a lot of people that I that I've known over the years, you kind of really want them to recognize that they're not done. They're not finished. They're, they might be comfortable and and they're happy, but they're not necessarily done because at some point I find that there's going to be a, a moment where you are able to get to a certain point where you are so comfortable that you stop being anything uh, or, or, or not being anything, but being, you know, uh, I don't know. You get boring. Is that the way to put it? I'm not sure if that's the right word, but, but essentially you just get to a stage where you get bored or you get so comfortable that you're not willing to move forward and doing new things or, or becoming, you know, so well-versed in a topic. And that's actually one thing I don't like about, um, or sorry, not don't like it's things that I do like. I like it when a doctor, for example, specializes in, I don't know, thoracic surgery. They could take your heart out, 
give it some cuddles, put it back in and, and you keep going that I like, but not everyone is like that. Not everyone is going to have such a specialized skill that I'm certainly sure that somebody who is able to take out your heart, give it some cuddles and put it back in and you keep going needs to learn new stuff. You know, because if you stop learning new stuff, you, 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 you stagnate to it. That, that's the word stagnation. That's, that's what I want to avoid stagnation because if you're the same person every single day um, and you try and you, and you work really hard to maintain that, then a reckoning will eventually come where your, your brain or your body are going to break down because you're not busy doing, you're not busy paying attention to it. And that's kind of what, where my brain is going with this is um, the whole thing about the, about the eyeballs, about have that, that focal point where if you're looking at something, that's your focal point where, you know, 99% of your vision or however much, whatever it is that's, that's peripheral. If you stop doing that, if you stop, if you, if you, if you focus too much for too long, um, you are going to, uh, not see the hundred other things that are going on around you and blah, 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 back to, uh, have, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, so going back to, to, uh, how you, you know, think of this stuff. Um, if you are ignoring the self-critical part entirely, then you don't improve. And if you are embracing it and going, okay, well, why did my internal critic just say that about me? What, what is that really saying? Is it that I'm really a piece of shit? No, probably not. I'm not a piece of shit. But why am I thinking I'm a piece of shit? Oh, oh, I didn't put the milk back in the refrigerator yesterday. And I do that every single day, even though my other half says, what the hell, dude? You left the milk out on the counter overnight and now it's gone bad. You jackass. You know, but then, you know, being able to say, oh, note to self, taking the milk out, using the milk, put it back in, close the fridge. There you go. You're done. You've learned something new uh, that you should be doing. And therefore, you don't get that negative feedback uh, that turns into that kind of festering sort of mentality where you completely just uh, ignore what your your psychological internal life is doing. Um, uh, like like a like that whole idea that you know if you could take a pill that could use you know more of your brain. Um, there's you know it's in science fiction all over the place uh, forever, but. Uh, it, it, it doesn't require a pill to use more of your brain because we use all of our brain. I mean, that's sorry. The 10% of part of your, no, that's actually not a thing. You actually have your brain doing all kinds of things all the time in different you know areas, but it's that act of learning where your brain can go, Hey, you know, that part of your brain over here that I was looking at just the other day. And you did this thing that made that other part of your brain kind of go off. If I can reroute, your neurons to you know make that association you actually have learned a new skill you could expand you know your thinking about how that could be beneficial to you know yourself uh, or to somebody else for that matter but um totally i i i'm trying to i mean there's this again like you just said earlier there, there's so much of this chapter about about stuff but essentially i think for me i boil it down to um well, fucking pay attention because 
you have uh, so much wasted mental energy um, telling yourself that you're garbage or you're this, that, and the other thing. And and we fall prey to it all the time. There's, I'm not going to ever say that there's been a week that goes, you know, an entire week can go by where it's like, oh my God, my shit doesn't stink and I'm the best fucking guy ever. And holy hell, I, I learned 10 skills. No, I'm never going to say that because, you know, uh, people wake up at three o'clock in the morning once in a while, like I did just last week, uh, because apparently my brain likes to listen for if mice are chewing drywall uh, that wake me up. And of course you do that thing where you just wake up just long enough. You know, you're like, oh, oh, mice are making noise. Okay. Well, the traps are out. I'm, I'm all okay. I'm going to go back to sleep now. No, no. <laughs> Every so often your brain goes up and says, okay, well, why am I awake? What's going on? And then, you know, 35 minutes later, you're like, well, here are the 25 things I have to do in the next 48 hours, and I don't have enough time to do all of them. And oh my God, I'm a horrible person. I shouldn't be sleeping. I should be working all the time. La da 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 da. You know, and then you're 52 years old and you have a heart attack and die. Uh, yeah, don't want to have that happen. I've known people uh, who have had heart attacks in their 40s, uh, you know, and it's like, what do they do? And then you kind of look at their life from what you know of it and kind of make the determination of I just, I think they work all the time. They're working every single day at every single waking minute. They're doing that work thing. They're not giving themselves their they're not giving their brain time or their not their brain, their mind to go and say I like cheese, you know, and and think of something. I mean, I think that's why I like absurdist comedy so much. Um uh like just just the other day, uh I noticed that a a show called LOL last one standing uh, Canada. Uh, so one of those sort of reality ish kind of shows uh, where basically uh, they take a whole bunch of comedians, you know, a whole bunch of funny people that are all famous and stuff. Canadian, all of them Canadian and they throw them into this, this room and they have to stay there for six hours. Uh, it's based off of a Japanese reality show as well. Um, but essentially um, they're not allowed to laugh. They have to try their damnedest to make everybody laugh, but nobody can laugh. Um, you know, that, that's, that's, the, that's the goal. And, um, and I was, I was watching, I was watching the, the first five or six minutes of this kind of going, I could be doing so many other things right now. Like this is just garbage TV. I don't know why I started playing this, but it's a Canadian. They're all Canadian performers. I know all of them to a certain degree. Uh, even if I, you know, I, I've seen a couple of them sort of in the periphery, as it were. And uh, but then, uh, you know, uh, I think it was 45 minutes in. I was happy to be watching it because I was watching something that was completely inane, that is very hard to do and was almost able to forgive myself for falling prey to it because I don't do that at all. You know, I don't do that and I don't do it enough. Like I don't let my brain pause for periods of time long enough. And, you know, cause I can get into the cycles of, I will work six days a week and have one day where all I'm really ending up doing is fritting about what I have to do the next day. You know, I don't 
pause long enough. And that, and that to me is something that I keep trying to stop doing. And some weeks I'm successful, some weeks I'm not, but at least I'm trying to move that needle forward so that I can utilize that, that, that critical voice to, um, to allow me to sort of pause long enough to go, is this the direction I'm really wanting to go in? Is this the focal point that I should be to bring it back to the eyeball thing? Is that the focal point that is where I should be going at least at the moment? Or should I be going, Oh, but that cheesecake recipe that I've never made, maybe I should do that instead. You know, maybe I should go there and do that because that will like, I, I baked bread right before we started recording. Oh, nice. Uh, Allison made some, some dough and all her instructions were, were, hey, how about you take the, when the, the bread machine finishes mixing and it rises for a bit, uh, take it out, put it in the refrigerator, uh, put plastic over it, and we'll deal with it later. So I did that to some of the, some of the dough, but then I decided, you know what? I normally don't do this. I just do what she tells me to do. But I know that for dinner later on that she wants to have some bread with it. Uh, I guess it's like a stew or something. Um, and then I, I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to cut half of it, roll it up, bake it right now. Just now, right now. No questions. Just bake it. Don't, don't, don't just, just do it. And, uh, yeah. And that was, um, that was a new experience because usually I just do what she says to put this thing, the thing. Okay. There we go. Done. But then I knew later on that she was going to bake it anyway. So I'm like, well, why don't I just do it now? And then it'll be ready. And you have to do it later. So I was trying to, you know, make a conscious choice to, I don't know, be better somehow. Um, you know, in, in a very small way. I mean, it's baking bread. Who the hell cares? But ultimately, um, I try not to measure successes in big, huge gestures. I try to do it in little tiny pieces because I've had way too many meetings with clients where they want to get to point X and they're at point B and it's like, okay, well, here are the other 23 steps or 24 steps you need to do before we get there. And they'd never want to do them. It's like, well, mm -hmm. what do you, I, I'll never forget this meeting I had years ago uh, of uh, they want to do this, this thing. And I said, well, what do you, what is, and they said, uh, and that's, and that's where success will be. And I said, well, what does a success look like? How do we get to that level of success? So what do you actually want? And they just repeated back success. And I said, but what is, what is, what is, um, what does that look like again? Like, what, what do you, I don't know what you mean by ear success. Like, what are you talking about? And they couldn't articulate hmm. what they actually were trying to do. Like what they actually want, sorry, where, where they were trying to get to. It just, they just kept it kept repeating in this meeting. Like, oh, then it'll, then we'll have success. I'm like, you said nothing that'll actually get us there. I don't know what to do. How the hell am I going to do what I'm supposed to do to help you get to where you want to be when you can't even articulate it? And that's, I think that's, and that, I don't think that's an uncommon thing. I think people do that all, do that all the time, um, which is kind of why I like reading these books with you because, you know, we're reading a book by a controversial character um, who's just a person who wrote a book, uh, has some certain ideas about, how the world is and some people like it. Some people don't. Um, 
but I know at the very beginning, I was kind of nervous about going over this book kind of because I, I, I was second guessing based on information that I had heard in the periphery that I hadn't really focused, focused on to kind of go, well, what exactly are, am I nervous about? Why am I nervous about talking about this dude? Like who the hell cares? Hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. if, if I, if I do a bit of research, I can make my own choice and my own decision about what it is that this individual is like. And even if I do that, I, I'm not going to like walk into the person in the, on the street and then say, dude, we have to become friends right now for the next decade because I really want to understand who you are as a person. And uh, that's how it's going to like, no one's going to do that. They just read whatever some person wrote on the internet and said on a YouTube video and they're going to make their choice that way. So hmm. I feel that in order to, refine my personality to refine who I am as a person to make myself, I don't know, better um, that I'm going to pause long enough to go, okay, what, what have I got here? I have a book that I'm going to open up. I'm going to read it. And then once I've read it, then I'll make a choice based on the information I've got in my, that I've learned in this thing. And I can determine my own self because I'm a human adult whether or not this book is full of shit or whether this book actually is basically writing down a bunch of very basic ideas that a lot of people have said in cliches throughout however long. And, uh, but, oh my gosh, this guy's, you know, experienced and educated and stuff. And he's taking everything that he's learned and he's kind of going, Okay, rule number one, here's all this research that's been done. Rule number two, here's all this research that's been done. He's not forcing us to just take his word for it. He's like, well, I will point to this. I mean, I keep going through this these chapters and, you know, actually going to the citations that he's putting in the book. And cool. You know, it's like it's like Wikipedia. You go to Wikipedia. Wikipedia is not knowledge. Wikipedia is a signpost to knowledge. You know, it gives you a bunch of information about something. You can read it and go, okay, I'd like to learn more. I will then go to the hopefully 10 or so citations that take you elsewhere. And you can actually learn something new and go, oh, that's what that paragraph actually was talking about. Oh, I didn't get that. Okay. I thought I meant this, but now that I've, re I've read more on that subject or gone to the library and taken out some books, blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 um, So I'm hoping that, yes, I follow rule four more often than not by, you know, not comparing myself, you know, the comparison problem, you know, oh gosh, uh, Dave's got a better, I don't know, plant than I do. His plant is on that uh, shelf back behind him there. And my plant's over there in the dark and it's dying. Well, fuck me. I'm an asshole. God damn you, Dave. Now I'm going to have to go and get the new fucking bookshelf and I'm gonna get some new plants because the plant you've got looks cooler than the shitty plant I've got. You know, that kind of horrible in mental war that goes on inside of people's brains. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I just I just wish for myself I would be able to practice this stuff more than reading it. Uh, and But it takes time. And you know what? That is something that I am very interested in because I've been doing some stuff about the plants on myself. 
Yeah, the plant. Shaming me with your plant? Shaming me with your plant? Yes. <laughs> oh, merciless. Merciless. Just you photos and texts like, you suck, buddy. Check this plant out. This is the shizzle. <laughs> No, what what was the last thing you were talking about? Just how, you know, what, what we're talking about, you're saying you, you didn't really put it this way, but kind of wish that this was actually something that was in practice more, right? That you did more, um, even though we can talk about it and articulate it and it makes sense and it's a good idea and all the rest of that stuff. And yet you find you don't necessarily do it as much as you'd like to. And I, man, I could go on for decades about, you know, the stuff that is in my, my brain, my mental space that makes sense is a good idea. Want to do more of, and I probably forget it 10 minutes later. Right. Like, and I, you know what? I think, I think it's because we're humans. Really? No, we're, we're fallible. It's humans? just, we're, I mean, we're, we're fucking amazing, but um, still, I think it's like a kind of a natural human tendency and it does take, and I think he, Peterson talks about this a little bit. I think, correct me if you've got a different vibe from it, but I think he talks about this, that, this idea of like you were mentioning with finding a way to work constructively with the critic, right? Allowing it some space and kind of being willing to, to listen even when it's going to suck balls and it's not, you know, you don't want to listen because it's not happy fun time stuff kind of shitty and pointing out some stuff you'd rather not pay attention to about your about yourself your personality but he's saying well you know if you can give it some space and say yeah okay i that sucks i don't particularly like that i don't want to be doing that i don't want to think that way um is there another way is kind of what he's saying right and so that's the healthy way to uh, be with the critic. And I totally buy, he says, you know, it's about standards, right? He talks about standards in the beginning of the chapter. And he says, well, it, standards are a thing. Like if we don't have standards, we don't know what we're striving for. There is nothing to strive for if there's no standards, if there's nothing better in air quotes or nothing worse in air quotes, then there is real, really no point to striving for anything because it's all this, you know, bland soup of same. And, and so there's no point in doing anything, but he says, that's just, it's a natural part of us as humans that there is always that something that grabs us that we want to reach for. And that's the way it is. It's, that's, you know, I hesitate to say it's good, but it's good. It's, uh, and, and we can make that work for us. And I, I think it goes back to the chapter. 
You know, if you detach yourself from what the Joneses have got and what they're doing and just pay attention to yourself and what gets you jacked, that's where your life is. That's what matters. That's where your values are. And his argument is that's the good shit. That's where you want to go because then you are kind of moving into yourself, your being, which is what we need. And if you go, you know, Peterson, which is kind of nice, he really strips away um, a lot of fluffiness. I like fluffiness. I'm, I'm Mr. Fluffy Bunny, but I like that he strips the, the stuff that some people might consider kind of touchy-feely woo-woo bits. And he's very much, you know, this is just, this, this is it. And it's not necessarily always fun. Again, this is kind of my take. So if you're getting something different, let me know. But he's saying that it's not always fun and definitely not fun to listen to your internal critic. But is it worth it? Hell yeah. And that's his point. And that's where where I think he would say is is our is our freedom. And it's where we are going to enjoy our lives because we're actually allowing ourselves that space to be who we are fundamentally because yes you know when when we're born we do have a lot of potentials and and all that kind of stuff and um but they're more they're our potentials they're not jane's potentials and they're not Bob's potentials either. They're yours. And, you know, by divorcing yourself from that whole comparing yourself to other people and, you know, making space for that perspective stuff that he talks about, that being able to step back and being hyper-focused, particularly on the stuff that's, you know, causing you to be... Um, what, what does he say that the three things are that he talks about? There was arrogance. Um, do you remember? He mentions them a, a few times where these three kind of, I guess, he doesn't use the, the word, but like three poisons, if you will, that trip us up and cause us to, you know, basically give up hope and, and we just, we don't... Um, we don't try. We don't make any moves toward anything better. We just allow these, um, like envy and, and arrogance, and you know, uh, stuff like that, that are basically just crap. They're not yeah. the mind space that he says is going to be useful. Um, and that that's where that giving up the comparison stuff with other people um it, it really um frees you and that's the important 
peace is that you give yourself that freedom because that's where you can start to live your own life. And he doesn't say it, but um, I think at this point in our evolution as humans, I think that's really kind of where we need to move to. I think particularly in, in the West where our physical needs are very much taken care of. Um, I mean, yes, there are those less fortunate and there's street people. The reality is that there is no need for that. Um, majority of us, we have the food, we have the roof, we've got the clothes. And um, so the basics are, are taken care of, you know. And so we can put a little more attention on what what works for us, what doesn't work for us, and really start to pay attention to what it is that grabs us, what's the kind of thing that we want to do with our time. That's the stuff that matters. And I think that's where we'll start to see a diminishing of jealousy and greed and um, just a lot of the negative crap that we see now and the, the violence that can sometimes come with that kind of thinking because, you know, Joe Blow's got this thing and I want it, so bust a cap in his ass and call it good. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just take it. It's mine now. Um, that's extreme. I, I recognize that. <laughs> that is very extreme. Um, but that's kind of, you know, the, the ultimate expression of that kind of negative <laughs> garbage that we can get into, right? But instead, if we get into, as Peterson's talking about in this chapter, ourselves, looking at ourselves and bettering ourselves is kind of the way he puts it, I think, isn't it? He talks about bettering ourselves um, kind of on a, on a daily basis. And this goes back to a really cool comment you made earlier about you try, you try to focus on those little wins, those little improvements, those little steps on the way to whatever success might look like. And it's, I'll admit this is something that I'm terrible at. Um, I still kind of have this, you know, all or nothing kind of a thing with success where it's X and that's it, right? Whereas um, your, your example is beautiful of that client and you're like okay this what what does success even look like and they couldn't articulate yes <laughs> that's okay let, let's we'll, we'll just get hypothetical here and say that the client could articulate and they said here is success equals blah and then you can break it down into what did you say like the 23 24 steps maybe you know that would need to be and this is a real common thing in like this, you know, self-help, personal development 
the world these days, you've probably seen this stuff, I would imagine, right? Where they talk about exactly this way of thinking where unfortunately a lot of us do gravitate to the all or nothing fireworks display, you know, 4th of July shit when the reality is to get to that ultimate point of success, there are a bunch of steps on the way. And, you know, the, the grander the vision, the more, and I think they say this too, the grander your vision, the more you must break it down into those tiny, tiny pieces, as small as you have to go. And Peterson actually does mention this a little bit in the chapter. don't remember where exactly, but he says, um, oh, what was it? It's kind of like be, being more true to yourself, be more honest, I think, with yourself and more more forthright. Did you remember that? Like, yeah. um, and, and not, oh, it was like this slave master type stuff he, he was talking about, right? Where we we are terrible to ourselves generally um you know and we'll make these demands of ourselves and like maybe okay i'm i'm just going to do the dishes and then i'm going to do this cool thing for myself and then you don't because you say to yourself okay we got this shit done now we got this next shit to do and get on it and you do by the end of the day you've not you've done nothing but that and of course you feel kind of shitty because you've driven yourself all day to do this stuff. And you might've even made even a half-assed agreement with yourself that you were going to do this thing, the dishes, and then you're going to do this cool thing. Like, I don't know, like sit down for 15 minutes, enjoy a coffee, read the paper. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever gets your juice going. That's his point is if you if you do that, if you start making that kind of agreement, or if you do that and you don't honor that agreement, you are doing yourself a disservice. You are harming yourself quite literally, psychologically, is, is his argument, because you're you're kind of you're just being that slave master cracking the whip all day. And what do you expect? The slave's just gonna be like, fuck you, buddy, at the end of the day. Well, not only that, they're gonna be freaking exhausted because you haven't given them a time to given them any chance to take a breather, right? So his argument is, well, if you want to really get serious stuff done, then this way of relating to yourself is going to be much healthier, where if you do decide this is kind of how you want to do things and you say, okay, this, this thing might not be awesome, but hey, it's, you know, it's a piece of what I got to do, regardless of whether it's dishes or maybe it's... Uh, something towards say building up your business or keeping your business going that it's not the piece you want to do it sucks really but you know it's got to be done it's just a part of it and so he's saying well okay so make an agreement with yourself do do that thing and then what are you going to do for yourself that's going to be like a little mini celebration you know, a, a tiny, tiny fireworks display for yourself saying, hey, pat on the back. Like, this is good. You did, you did some shit. You got something done and be good with this. Be happy. You know, take a moment to say, fucking A, 
I did this. I did this. And he would argue that's really critical because, again, you know, if you're cracking that whip all day and you have this slave master type of thing going on psychologically, no wonder you feel like shit at the end of the day because you kind of, you sapped, well, you sapped the joy out of your day for one thing. And, you know, you're not taking breaks that you do need psychologically speaking. And we, we know this is, this isn't airy fairy woo woo shit. This is, you know, pretty, I think <laughs> it's probably been studied to death in the psychological literature that's, you know, if, if we do not give ourselves breaks to, I, I loved your example of watching um, last one laughing um, where at first you're like, Oh my God, I cannot believe I'm watching this <laughs> ridiculousness. Yeah. But I think you said at 45 minutes, you're like, you know what? This is kind of cool. And you just, and the, Pearson says it really doesn't matter what it is. You just, whatever it is, you got to do it. And, um, it's, there's this other dude that uh, I got into a little bit who, he's one of these corporate trainer types, motivational speaker guy. And um, his, his premise is that we all need uh, oases, um, re regular oases. And what he says is you want to build these into your day, week, month, and year yeah. at different levels. Is this ringing bells? Like, do you know this dude or is it just like ringing uh, bells? Like you get it. It's just ring, it's ringing bells in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So at, I'm not completely on board with what he's talking about, but Hey, I am very much on board with the, the basics of what he's talking about because yeah. Um, and of course he's aimed at, you know, uh, CEO level, entrepreneur level people um, who have a greater degree of control of their own time and day. But I think, you know, it still applies to all of us and we all need to kind of think of this stuff where um, we, we need these, these breaks, these pauses in our days and weeks and, and months and years because otherwise what what is life but just this fucking horrid slog of shit day after day and I, I guess i'd argue it's more critical for somebody that does feel that their job is crap you know um they got to give themselves something to look forward to but um what what he talks about is um when you schedule your day and week month year you are actually scheduling these oases first before you do anything else with your schedule. You plunk these into your schedule and um, they're different levels, right? I mean, 15 minutes, half an hour in a day, maybe. Um, and then like maybe a half day or a day each week. And then, you know, maybe like a weekend in the month. And then in the year, you're you're looking at maybe like a week or you know whatever. Um, this is just like the basic idea. I mean, of course you can play with it, but the idea being that um, these are not negotiable. 
These are things that you put in your schedule and you will honor them. You will keep to them as best you possibly can because these are where you maintain your juice. These are where you recharge. Um, and give yourself that break that you need, that you must have. It's not, you know, it's not some cute idea that would be nice if only. His argument is that these aren't nice. These are critical. We need to have these in our days because otherwise you do burn yourself out. And then life is, is it's no fun. So I, this is in my mind pretty regularly. Do I live it? No, not even close. Um, but it is, it is there. And um, I, it's something I think about, like how, how can I make this work for me? Um, because in, in my own life, I have kind of a, as you know, I've got it's this money job, right? This get the bills paid. Yeah. And then I've got this, uh, this healing practice that I want to build and work into so that I am fully, you know, that's, that's what I'm doing, or at least this is my idea of what I want to do. And, um, so it's, it's a challenge in, in my brain anyways, to, strike a balance between, okay, I want to, I really want to get some time in on doing my own thing, building my own business and all that kind of stuff. And, and then making, uh, making sure that I'm also, you know, doing that stuff where I'm just, you know, even for 15 minutes or half an hour in a day. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a real challenge for myself. I'm sure it's, it's not, the story for everybody but um for myself i notice that that's kind of where i'm at but um you you could say that's kind of you know part of that perspective taking that uh peterson talks about you know it's being able to take that step back so that you can evaluate um with the critic like how how did i do today where am i at you know how am i feeling did I get done what I want to? How can I do things better tomorrow? All that kind of stuff um, is, uh, is, is, I guess that would be, you know, a bit of Peterson's prescription from what I'm getting anyways, from, uh, from what I read. Man, I've been babbling a lot this chapter. It's a good chapter. I think that, well, because it taps into a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Uh, especially, mm -hmm. you know, in the previous chapters. And I think as well, like a lot of these rules, it's not something you haven't heard already. I think that for most people, they've actually heard this stuff before. Um, maybe not in this amount of detail or with this amount of sort of supporting material, but, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, how often have you said, don't listen to your internal critic just, or, you know, the, 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 the evil voice in the back of your mind, you know, that kind of stuff. You just, people are yeah. generally, generally speaking, you're sort of, told they should ignore it but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyway on that note uh we've been going for like an hour and 20 minutes man so we'll cut it there 
uh next time uh which hopefully uh, will be next week will be is uh, going to be covering chapter five uh chapter five of course is a chapter called um, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them um you know it's basically uh, a lot of things where uh you know what? we'll just we'll talk a bit when we get there <laughs> especially you know don't let your dogs do it either because we have we're dog owners here so you know don't let don't let them do stuff that embarrass stop licking your vagina what's wrong with you uh anyway enough of that thank you so much bye thank you dave thank you